Yeah. It's the greatest. The party. <laughs> Sorry, I played the early. Oh, okay. Welcome to the Wild 7 Podcast. I'm your host, Mr. Red. Joining me once again is April Mendoza of the Nightshade Collective. Hello, I am back. Yes, producer extraordinaire. We have a fun thing for you planned today. What are we going to do today, April? We're going to get into uh, writing and directing, filmmaking, everything of that sort. Yes, We're sorry. We're going to jump into it. I was trying to turn it out. Yeah, I, was, I thought I was, uh, while April was talking, I was like looking at her and then turning down the yeah. dial. But each time okay. it was the wrong dial. April and now it's now it's the right one. But listen, let's start off. Let's just jump right into it, right, yeah. April? Let's just not waste any time. We're not going to goof off. We're not going to talk about dating app hell like we did last week. <laughs> We're going to talk about the art of shoestring independent outsider filmmaking, correct? Yes. Yes. This is called Wild 7 Film School. Yes. Welcome to Wild 7 Film School. Uh, no <laughs> chewing gum. Not chew gum. Eat. Do whatever you want to do. Um, I know Wear from- your uniform? Yeah. Please. May I ask, April, um, <laughs> when you were in particular in film school, and even now, because I think nobody stops learning, how would you listen to interviews of directors and stuff like that to educate yeah. yourself? I mean, it was gold to me, you know? Like, I would commute to work, I'd commute to my internship or whatever, and I'd throw on, like, an interview for my favorite writer-directors, yeah. and I would just, like consume that knowledge yeah, yeah. and just sort of like learn about the process yeah. and hope that, you know, I'd learn something from it and take it with me yeah. as I go on my journey. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, dear listener, uh, dear friend, uh, we sincerely hope you get something out of this. So I'm going to start with a scene from one of my favorite films about filmmaking called Badass. I believe April, I once, when we uh, opened up a our, our business account or when mm -hmm. we formed our LLC, I showed you this scene. Yeah, I showed yeah. Silent Chris this scene. And I said, <laughs> this is an important uh, part of the film. But just to give the listener a little bit of context, Badass is the story of Melvin Van Peebles. It was made by his son, Mario Van Peebles, and he plays his father in the film. Melvin Van Peebles independently made a film called Sweet Sweetback's Badass Song. He made it with his own money. He, it was hell making it, but he managed to make it through. It kicked off a whole genre of black exploitation films, and it brought attention to uh, voices of color and whatnot. And so at this point in the film, Mar Melvin Van Peebles, who's played by Mario Van Peebles, is telling his producer, who didn't order enough film, that he's fired. And this, play this takes place in the 70s. Mm -hmm. And it's going to go into this speech that he gives one of the members of the crew, played by... Uh, Terry Crews. And the reason Terry Crews, who plays a sound guy in the film, is upset is because the crew got arrested over the weekend and they had to spend the weekend in jail. And instead of bailing them out, Melvin Van Peeble says, well, I can't go there because I'm African-American and they will immediately like think I'm, I stole the money or something and they'll hold on to them. So he made them wait. And so Terry Crews was a little upset that that happened. And uh, I think anybody who has uh, made at least one of these things can, can relate to a crew member maybe not being happy. So let us, <laughs> let us play, so. Phil tells me we only have four mags of film for the whole day. Really, that should be plenty. I asked you for six? Well, I needed the money for the stuntman for the L.A. River Chase. Now, you saw what happened when Bill tried. Clyde, I can do that stunt myself. What I can't do is shoot without film. Did you sign off on this? No. Okay, here's what I want. You, Bill, go get all those people away from the sound equipment. He's, <laughs> he's thinking on his feet. For sure. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, like, like he's a, that's one, the first lesson we will teach you. No Think hesitation. on your feet. Don't hesitate. Yeah. When you see uh, the day is going fucked, and it will, 
Um, you gotta improvise. And so that's what he's doing. So let's, uh, yeah. let us continue, I apologize. We're gonna start our first shot in 20 minutes. We're gonna start with the cop, bringing Sweet back out. In that Clyde's job, man? Not anymore. Clyde, you're fired. This shit is not my fault. Now, there's only so much I can do with no money, but if you're looking for somebody to blame... Clyde, it's my fault. I got you in overhead, brother. I'm sorry. When I get a bigger budget or a smaller film, I'll give you a call. <laughs> this is bullshit, Melvin. <laughs> okay, now, this isn't the meat of, of yeah. the thing that I was showing you, but that's another lesson. I love that, by the way. Yeah, people will get fired. <laughs> or people will get let go of. You will split with people. Your friendships that you formed in the euphoria stage before you even shot will be tested. And I think all of our friendships were sort of put in some sort of strain, yeah. strainer thing. But you and find so, who's on your team exactly. and who's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, and I can tell you, I, we, you know, and we, we will get into it. Yeah. But okay, so. Uh, all right, so he, he picks up the script. T, I need to talk to you. He says, T, I need to talk to you. That's Terry Crews, big guy. Bigger than him. He's badass. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's mad. <laughs> we got a problem? Yeah. Brother, we got a problem. I work with niggas, I end up in jail. Some shit like that go down again. I'm gonna break me some little motherfucker neck. T, you're a big motherfucker. In a fair fight, you'd whoop my ass. I ain't fought fair in a long time. And if I was afraid of you, I wouldn't be the kind of nigga to get that shit done in the first motherfucking place. I got everything I own on the line. And all my family's shit. Yes. But it's bigger than me. And it's bigger than you two days in jail. This is a war. It's our war. And if you don't know by now that it's your war, take your big ass back to your shed and your smoked meat. No hard feelings, brother. We got three days left of shooting. So if you stay, and brother, I hope you do. Don't ever threaten me again. Just step to me and take me the fuck out before I take you. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm, I'm going to have to take crying. you seriously. Yeah. I remember I said this to my mom. This <laughs> my mom. <laughs> I'm sure. She did catering. <laughs> it's like, the pasta is cold, mom. You know? No, but You're so, out. yeah, yeah. And I, I, yeah, I, I played that to sort of make a point. Um, this film that this guy made changed the culture it changed his life. And I'm not saying every movie changes the world. And I don't I don't know. I, I'm not saying our movie is going to change the world. But it will change your world if you go out and make your movie. Yeah. Make your movie. If you're listening to this because you want to make a movie, make your movie. So, April, let us begin. Yes. Well, I think the first thing that I can learn from this scene is that you have to find a team who is going to be your, your... You know, you're at war. So, you're essentially... You're looking for people to go to battle with you. Yeah. And making your first film is probably the most difficult because you're still sort of testing people and seeing who's really on your side and who's just really trying to get paid or or whatever, or just trying to find something for the real or just trying to be there for themselves. And I think that's kind of like the biggest struggle in like making your first few films. And because um, as you notice, a lot of our favorite filmmakers work with the same people all the yeah. time. You know, and there's a reason for that. It's because of this like trust and there's this bond and there's this like understanding that you're on the same page and that yeah. you're working toward the same goal and that you just, that you like each other and you want to sort of, you have this similar goal and you yeah. want to make great movies and that's the end of it. Like they're just passionate filmmakers that just want to make great art. Yeah. And so like, you know, that's like my piece of advice for a lot of people is that your team is so important and if someone's like tries to do something behind your back or just try to sabotage your film yeah 
you need to have a conversation with them. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and, and you need sometimes you just you have to be harsh about it. Yeah. I mean, how many conversations have you had with people like on set or or even in like in post or in pre production, like where you just say sorry. Yeah. We have to let you go or you, you just can't be yeah, a part yeah, of this. Yeah. I mean, it was weird when we first did it. It was like baptism by fire because we shot just to give a little bit of history. I, I got these commercials. They gave me money. I used the money to shoot the first segment of Debbie and, and Debbie is three different yeah. stories, but they're linked. It's, it's, it's one yeah. world. And it's as indie as it can get. Yeah. Like it's low budget yeah. indie filmmaking at its finest. Yeah. I mean, I would, I could say the budget. Should I say the budget? I don't, we don't even know the budget. <laughs> it, it was low. Roughly, it, yeah. Yeah, roughly it was like $45,000. Yeah, roughly. Um, but the thing is, pretty low, yeah. yeah. And that was made through time. We started in, we started shooting principal photography in spring 2018. Yeah, March. March. End of March. That, yeah, yeah, end of March. That's when we shot. And then we concluded, didn't we shoot, when did we shoot the uh, last February pickup? February 2019. Or 20. Oh, the last pickup. Yeah. No, not 20. Oh, well, you're talking about like the final, like. The final, like, thing we had to shoot. Or yeah. something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably early 2020, but those are just like little. Yeah, it was, it was small, minute things. Yeah. But we, sh we finished like the meat of it, I would say, yeah, like 2019 spring. Mm -hmm. uh, it was right before your birthday. Yeah, it was right that. before my birthday. We had the big awesome party and yeah. stuff like that. You know, yeah. COVID didn't hit. The world was more innocent. <laughs> um, yeah. And. Yes, find your comrades. I remember when I sat with April at Habitat Coffee yeah. in Glendale. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, the way I, April and I linked up was I had our DP, Lucas Potosi, incredibly talented guy. Tough as fucking nails guy on set. I'm being totally honest with you. Like, like he's a tough guy. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way because the thing is like, he's a strong personality. I'm a strong personality. At least I like to think so. And uh, we, we, it's not that we clashed. It's just that if somebody doesn't have the same intensity as me in terms of the work, because I, I get mm -hmm. scared. Mm -hmm. I, I don't like it. And Lucas, one of the first things he told me when I called him just to, so he could shoot the short segment of Debbie before we even met yeah, yeah. was, and it made me so comfortable. And you want to hear this in your DP. He said, I'm not going to do an impression of him because that's disrespectful. But, but he goes like, he goes like, everything I shoot has to look beautiful. Mm -hmm. And hearing that from him, that, okay, Bing, you're a comrade. I know I can trust you with the visuals of the film. Yeah. And so we well, yeah, should- totally. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, go ahead. No, like you want your department heads to like live and die for their department. Yeah. Like you shouldn't have to worry about- doing someone else's job for them or, you know, like telling yeah, people yeah. like step it up, you know, I mean that sometimes it's part of the job, but when you find people that just can handle their departments, yeah. it's like a miracle. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so we shot in the spring before we shot the main Debbie. I know this might sound a little confusing, but we shot this yeah, little yeah. short thing. And I believe at some point we needed, we needed a producer. We definitely needed a producer because it was just Lucas and I, and you take it from here. How did you, yeah, well, it's interesting. Um, I met you, you said Feb like uh, January 2018. Yeah. I was, I think the audience might have heard parts of this before, but yeah. I was on uh, my last year of uh, film school mm -hmm. and um, I went to Cal State Fullerton and uh, before that I had gone to community college to study like, you know, video production, whatever, broadcasting and cinema is what they called it. Yeah. <laughs> kind of old school. Mm -hmm. um, so I was like my last year of film school and then um, I met, uh, Lucas on set and you know I guess he liked our work you know like um, 
and he liked the producing work and stuff like that. So he had approached me about a movie, a horror film. And like, I love horror films. Yep. I'm all about them. Like that I've grown up with them. Anytime anyone says, let's make a horror film. I'm like, all right, cool. Like, let's do it. Um, so I had heard about this and they approached or he approached me about a feature film and like I had never, never done a feature film. I've never been on a feature film. I didn't even think I would be like, wait, wait, may working? I ask? Yeah. You, you, even up to that point, you had never like PA'd on a feature film? No, not a feature. Really? No. So I, this was your first? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. And it, like I had PA'd and interned and stuff like that for like short films, thesis films, like things like that. But, you know, school films yeah but never a feature you know it was always like sort of it seemed almost like out of reach for at least for like a minute I just I hadn't anticipated that that would even be in my near future if yeah. you know what I mean um but that kind of came and I was like you know I, I kind of consulted like my partner and stuff like that and yeah like should I do this like yeah. can I do this yeah. and uh I'm glad that like you know I came to this realist realization that like I should step outside of my comfort zone like I'm always that, that kind of person that does that anyway but uh, it seemed like a really cool opportunity. I read the script, had a lot of cool musical references that I liked. Yeah. You know, the, the script was really awesome. So then I, you know, we met and stuff. I Man, just history from there. You you once said the mm -hmm. music had a big part to do with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 And yeah. then also you said once that the fact that we had a short film. Yes, definitely. Yeah, and as a producer, like I've found that having any kind of teaser trailers or anything that's visual, mm -hmm. um, you know, approaching someone to bring someone on board, like that's. That's key, you know, like whether it be like a visual mood board, um, a trailer, um, any kind of, they call them, um, what do they call them? Ripple-matic trailers where you kind of like rip like parts of trailers to make a, a fake trailer uh -huh, similar uh -huh, uh -huh. to your future film. Right. That's a thing as well. So those are all ways that you can like bring people on board to your project. Yeah. And, and I feel like, you know, when you're looking for like, you know, your DP or your producer or like actors and you're, you're reaching, like you're like, let's not reaching, but like. You know, you, you don't have, all you have is a script so far. Mm -hmm. so you need something that's visual so that people can visualize yeah. the film a little yep. bit better and will get excited about it and sort of think like, okay, well, at least they're already on their way. Like they're committed. Yeah. You know, like having just a script isn't enough sometimes. Well, yeah, because at some point when in my development of this freaky thing I call a career, um, I noticed very quickly, wow, everybody has a script here. <laughs> everybody has a script or yeah. they're either just working on one or they're developing sure. one or something. And then you do a short film, mm -hmm. you realize here's the thing that I yeah. have to say about that. And here's another lesson that I'll yeah. impart to the dear listener. Um, make your sizzle reel, make your short film, make your content yeah. that gets, as April says, people on board, but don't make it with this expectation that like the million dollar check is just going to land in your lap. No, Make it yeah. with the expectation that you're going to locate your comrades, locate your comrades, locate your comrades. Yeah. That's the biggest first step, yeah, I would it's say. it's just to get the film made. Yeah. You need to find the, the people, the crew, and then the cast, of course, and then make the film. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah exactly. That's the start of it, yeah. really. But, but no, I wanted to ask you specifically, um, I've you know, as I near a certain age or whatever, <laughs> uh, I'm still young, but like as I near a certain age, I'm thinking about my, my feature film, you yeah. know, like everyone, every yeah. filmmaker thinks about their first feature film. And, you know, now that we're like basically done with Debbie and the devil, um, you are a feature film director, writer, producer, animator, you know what I mean? Yes. So, um, <laughs> like, how do you feel? First of all, like, how do you feel? Just, I, I, I have to admit, knowing I, that. I feel really great. I feel really great. You feel like more complete. I do. Yeah. I, 
I used to be very cranky with, I'm still cranky. I mean, you know me, we work almost a lot, you know, like. <laughs> no, I'm cranky. <laughs> yeah. No, you're, you're, you're the best. No, I'm, you're fine. <laughs> I, I'm, I can, I'm, I'm a cranky one around. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I mean, I can, it's okay. here's the, the thing. thing like, like I feel really, really fantastic. I mean, there's no other way to put it. Like this is everything that I wanted since I was a little boy. Yeah. And even what we have here at the studio, this yeah. sort of gang of ragtag friends that we make all of these things and stuff like that. Even in the back of my, in my heart, I knew I always wanted something like this. Yeah. And I look at the film. I love the film. Mm -hmm. I used to be the kind of kid, I'm sure you were too, I'm sure all of us to, to a degree were like the kid that would obsess on a movie mm -hmm. or pick a movie and just watch it over and over again. Right now for me, that movie is my movie. And, you know, yeah. I of course do my studies of other that, stuff. I love that though, because I've heard like from certain filmmakers that say, you know, if you're having trouble deciding what film to make, uh, write the movie that you want to see or yes. the film that uh, hasn't been made yet. Yeah. And I think that's so important because a lot of people like to, make the same films over and over, like, you know, copy other people and yeah. copy structures and characters. And right. So it's and like, it's all about originality and like making those films that would make the younger you happy. Yeah, exactly. That's yeah. exactly what I think anybody that's deciding on what their first future should be. Yeah. Go back to the young you and what made that kid crazy yeah. in terms of cinema. Which is crazy because I feel, you know, obviously as you get older, you sometimes forget to tap into that subconscious and that younger you. Yeah. I think a lot of people, specifically outside of our industry, like kind of forget that young person inside yeah. of them. Everybody has that young person inside. And I feel like artists are the ones that kind of are forced to bring it out more often than others. Right. But even like, yeah, I, I forget to tap into that sometimes. Yeah. And I'm like when I'm thinking about like what movie do I want to make or what script like do I want to write? What do I want to write right yeah. now? Like what am I supposed to write? Uh you forget to kind of like look inside and just remember yeah. like, well, you already know. Yeah. You already yeah. know. Like, well, April, I'll tell you, I'm <laughs> in touch with that kid because of trauma, but <laughs> you know, but no, no, but for real, mm -hmm. I could like, I know what you like. Yeah. And so I could, and the thing is, the other thing is don't be afraid if what you like is fairly general like yeah. you know like like debbie and the devil is a total love letter to horror cinema it's it's just that among other things that i'm sort of you know excavating yeah. from my mind and heart and stuff like that but it is a love letter to, to cinema and when i would write it and i've written it a bunch of times up right down to the last pickup almost it feels like or right yeah. i mean it's even beyond that really um it's just locating again that that pleasure zone of yeah. like you know we we coined this yeah. phrase horror candy yes. and just because of the fact that like i remember when i would research debbie or i would watch films like i remember i went down the list of every you know scary movie that was of note yeah. and stuff like that and i would and this is back when i really didn't care about my health that much but i would eat <laughs> a lot of candy and, I and that, yeah. yeah you know and those two things i sort of just subconsciously fused in my mind you have no mm. choice as an artist if you want to be authentic, mm -hmm. to be what you want to be. You know what I mean? To yeah. be, You know what I mean? Like, for instance, I'll, yeah, I'll give yeah. you a perfect example for this. Okay. Tarantino. Mm -hmm. I love him. Mm -hmm. I love his of movies. Yeah. I love listening to his interviews. I grew up on the guy. Yeah. From like... And you can tell. Yeah. And yeah. it's, it's very... Who doesn't? Uh, yeah, yeah. And the thing is, you can, you can be like... Yeah, I love Terrence Malick. I love Warner Herzog. And I love those guys. Those, those, that's cool stuff too. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, if you're of a certain generation, 
Tarantino was like the 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 syringe that was plucked into the pop culture vein, yeah, yeah. and it was just pumping at full speed. And so I think everybody is influenced by him to some degree or another, unless they have some yeah. weird thing where they just hate the stuff. No, or whatever. No. You know what I mean? But even when I started in my twenties, I was very aware of the fact that if I love that kind of cinema, I want to stand by what I love. I don't yeah. want to pretend it doesn't exist. I think yeah. that's weak. No, you know what I mean? No, totally. I yeah. think it's okay to like reference your favorite like filmmakers and like you're honoring them essentially yeah yeah i mean because you, you can't ignore these powerhouses you know like they've changed the face of cinema yeah and i mean tarantino he's an interesting guy because he taps into horror comedy action yeah. crime and like such a interesting way yeah and it's like not he's not the first person i think of when i think of horror but i think that uh i don't know i feel like people kind of misidentify like what horror is right and i don't know like i think tarantino is like a really he has a lot of potential to be like a horror director yeah, yeah. but it's like he also he incorporates horror into like, right. his films so i've always kind of just gravitated toward his work because of like the female characters mm -hmm, in his work mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. of the horror like the elements yeah. and i mean just how cool his films are yeah, and yeah, of yeah. course the music i think that the music in his films are like my one of my favorite things about his his work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's one guy that it's silly to like deny the influence. Another guy, and you can see it very much in my art. It's so clear. It's yeah. it's. Yeah, I'm so blatant about it. Tim Burton. Yeah, and you know what too, I? Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And I think yeah. we share in that Venn diagram of like human taste. Like yeah. we share that, you yeah. know. And that too, it's like I can try and. I think it's yeah. Oh, sorry. No, no. Go ahead. No, I think I think it's our love for like um, animation, like stop motion, like caricatures. And, like, I guess the childlike part of Tim Burton's kind of characters. Yeah. And, uh, and the like, the, the gothic nature, too. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, There's that. So, listener, did you mm -hmm. hear that? So, stick with what makes you crazy as a kid. Yes. But then if you... But then there's the other element of... If you're a true student of cinema, and I mm -hmm. consider myself a student of cinema, I'm a bad student. I'll mm -hmm. watch something and look at my phone, but I'm a student of cinema n nevertheless. But... Also, what is getting your curiosity? Like, what what aspect of cinema or what genre is suddenly like you're like, whoa, what what is that? Like, mm -hmm. what you know, like right, you know, I've been for years now getting into like Mexican wrestling movies and stuff like yeah, that, just yeah. because I'm like, there's something there. And then also, yeah. I have this obsession with kaiju films and stuff like that. So it's like, yeah. and I'm reading books on it. It's so exciting, yeah. and just reading literature on your favorite film yeah. genres. Yeah, for sure. Feeds it. And I feel like there's there's a balance between like writing what you know, writing what your intuition likes and like what your child, you know, the child in, in you likes. Yeah. And then there's the balance. The other side of it is writing or discovering new things that spark your interest. Yeah. And like, I think it was, uh, I think it was Aronofsky that talks about this, how um, if you write the same thing over and over, you're, it's death. Yeah. yeah. And you're going to like eventually just like kill the art of it you kill the fun yeah so like you like you said you constantly have to like spark your interest and learn new things and just experiment because especially like as a younger filmmaker like as a newer filmmaker um like you know we're not like spielberg spielberg or anything like that so we still have a lot of discovering to do about yeah. ourselves yeah. and about our own writing so like i think it is important to like experiment with like new genres new characters new writing styles yeah like just new, new everything. Yeah, you don't know where you're gonna shine. You know and, what I mean? Yeah, and you hit on something that sort of goes into my feeling post yeah. Debbie. We've done Debbie. 
we're we're pretty much like a, a score and a song away from yeah boom we're done you know yeah. what i mean and i just have to say that real quick yeah we were really lucky with debbie because there were so many genres within debbie so it's like it, it's just the greatest thing like, <laughs> you get a tap into teen slashers jalo you yeah. know, like different everything. Yeah, so I mean, it's, it's very fun. fun. Yeah, yeah. And it's, you learn about like what you like. Yeah. You know, the horror part of it and the comedy part of it. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah, exactly. But that being said, not that like there's anything off the top of my head I can think of, but I'm not interested in recreating Debbie. You know what I right. mean? Like if somebody really liked Debbie, I would be very flattered and I would be very happy. Yeah. I, if some, I, my, the biggest compliment I could probably get on Debbie is if somebody says it was very entertaining. I wasn't bored. That's yeah. it. That's all I want. Yeah. I don't yeah. care how they felt or I mean, I mean what they thought. What if yeah. someone said it was very interesting, Nas? I would jump out of a window <laughs> <laughs> and I'd grab them with me. I remember and, Chris know. said that's like the worst thing you could tell it's, somebody. It's like such a like, uh, yeah. I mean, honestly, it's just lack of a better word. You know? Yeah, yeah. Sometimes yeah. people just don't know. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. they need time to process. Yeah. But like, I, I don't think that that's the response you're going to get from Nebby. <laughs> yeah, you know? no, no. I mean, the thing is, I know it's going to be polarizing. And here's the other thing about Debbie, and this will lead into like when you're choosing your genre or something, and I know we said choose what makes you crazy, but I have to say mm -hmm. the horror genre is a great entry-level thing for first-time filmmakers. Yeah. I plan and we plan on sort of staying within the genre and staying true to the genre. Yeah, because, as, we, because we love it. Because we love it. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not so much a business yeah. thing. The fact that horror movies make a good return on little investment is just sort of circumstantial or incidental or something. We yeah, just love sure, it. You yeah, know what I mean? Exactly. But that being said, it's a great place to start because you could do so much yeah. within the genre. It, the yeah. sky's the limit. It's, you know. Yeah, and there's a lot of room for experimentation. Like, the genre, it continues to transform. And we'll, we'll get into horror, you know, at, yeah. about a genre, like, yeah. at a later episode. But there's so much room for it to transform. So, like... Just like we have the opportunity to like reshape it yeah. and contribute to it. Yeah. And just contribute to filmmaking. Like I know when I was like younger, I used to think that every film had already been made. Have you ever felt that way? Like, I felt that when I was younger. It's like, I can't make something new. Like everything's been done. Yeah. You feel that when you're a kid. Yeah. You and know. it's like you get it like, you know, I don't know. You and watch, then the you watch more movies and you're like, oh, well, I could do something like this. Or you have an idea and you're like, well, this hasn't been done before. And, yeah, yeah. and I also realized if you have an idea that's sort of been done before and it's told through your, you know, eyes mm -hmm. or perspective, your voice, it's going to be different no matter yeah. what, you know? Because, like, it, yeah, because you're, you're unique, listener. Yes. You know? Yes. <laughs> you can do it. People need to hear that. You are unique just because of your experiences, what you've been through, who you are, your identity. Yeah. And so, like, you know, if I were to make a movie about, uh, I don't know, like, giant... Know, grasshoppers spiders or something yeah, yeah. it would be too, just like not trying to like give anyone any, any idea <laughs> yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. that's why i chose grasshoppers it's been done them oh my yeah, gosh yeah, yeah. yeah. you think, know it would yeah. be different than if nas made it or yeah. if chris made it or someone else you yeah know, you made it yeah it's going to be different because everyone has their own interpretations and voice and tone like yeah. you know so yeah i would say like don't worry about that yeah and don't who cares like i mean the thing is you give a novel to three different filmmakers you're gonna get three very different films yeah absolutely. you know what i mean yeah. and so it's like yeah exactly like let your personal experience run parallel tracks with your consumption of cinema and your love for cinema because yeah. your personal experience is gonna make those stories that you think are old hat or tired it's yeah. gonna pump new life into them and it's gonna give yeah, you know yeah. that 
genre or that subgenre, a new perspective. It's really interesting. I really encourage you to make a movie. Do yes, it. it's yeah. really not that hard. No, I'm kidding. It <laughs> yeah. is hard. No, seriously, uh, just going back to the whole like, you know, feature film idea. Can I ask you, Nas, yeah. um, what, like, what made you stick with Debbie? Like, what was the thing that, you know, made you realize, well, this is the one I want to make into a feature. Like, this is going to be the one that I'm going to stick with for the next few years. Because I like the title. Interesting. It, it, the title and the way we made it. I mean, listener, I don't expect anybody to make a film the same way another person makes it. But the way we made it was kind of unique just because we had a script. But... It was changing a lot. And yeah. and in particular the third segment, it would it if it feels improvised, that's kind of cool because mm -hmm. it was sort of not improvised, but it's it's unique. You'll see it. But the thing that kept me sort of going was the fact that we could change it up and stuff yeah, like that. And yeah. then also there's this. And this is another lesson. In your script, there's gonna be a few parts that you have to be willing to give your kidney for. And for me, it was this part at the beach. Mm. There was a part at the beach that yeah. I was like, if I if every other scene sucks, mm -hmm. but this one image is in it, mm -hmm. I will be happy just because I want this image to be yeah. out in the world and, and in the okay. culture. And that's okay. Because, you know, sometimes people will advise like, oh, you need to kill your babies, yeah, yeah, your yeah. darlings. I'm yeah. sorry. And that can be dangerous if it's in, you know integral to your story. So, like, you have to know, like, what is worth fighting for and what is worth keeping and yeah. what is not. And what, like, and sometimes you do have to kind of, like, look at it from a big, you know, like, a outside perspective and, and see, like, well, does this contribute to my film? Can I take it out? Or is it just one of those things that it's like, well, I just really, really want yeah. this. This is, this is what made my movie, so I'm keeping it. Yeah. You and know, that's so the, yeah. It's up to you as a director. Like, and you, know? you bring up something really important. Pick your spots, man. No which hills to die on and which places to go. Well, fuck it. Yeah. Because you're going to yeah. get a lot. I mean, dude, again, my DP, one of the most talented guys in the world, mm -hmm. everything was a discussion. Everything we had to sort of really hash it out and discuss it and yeah. stuff. And to be quite honest with you, sometimes you might not want to, you have to. Yeah. And, and you want to work with people yeah. that, that really want to just, for sure. you know. I'm sure you've had those discussions with, you know, um, our editor, Charlie, or even with me, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. as a producer. It's yeah, like, yeah, Sometimes yeah. it's like, well, we can't, with our budget, you know, we can't, we can't do this. Yeah, like, can yeah, exactly. we do something else that's similar Yeah, or like something about the story where it's like, well, maybe we should add something. Exactly. So and just, then, yeah, yeah, it's about who you trust. Yeah, you know exactly. I mean? You, again, it goes back to locating your comrades. And then yeah. here's another weird thing. And maybe it's weird to me just because I'm not formally schooled in these things. So when I learn something, I'm like, oh, that's interesting. But story is important. I'm not saying you got to be tied to story and you can't make a film that's like arty and mood based and just yeah. kind of weird images. That's cool too. do that. If you if that gets your rocks off, do that. But you 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 when you locate your comrades and they agree with you that, OK, yes, we're going to go hand in hand up this mountain mm -hmm. and tell this story. Be prepared for everything to be in service of that. Yeah. Like one of the biggest questions that Lucas would ask visually was mm -hmm. like, how can we, how could this shot better tell the story? Mm -hmm. And then at first when he would say that, I'd get so annoyed. I'd be like, what the fuck does that even mean? But then you, you realize, okay, I get it. You no, know, yeah, like, you know sure. what I mean? Like, what could I put question. in here? Yeah, yeah. And then the other thing is that allows you to simplify things. Mm -hmm. I mean, dude, you could come up with the most complicated Orson Welles shot in the universe 
if you can't do it, you can't do it. And you have to come up with a plan B or a plan C or a plan D sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the thing is, oftentimes, most of the times, and this is, I think, the magic of filmmaking, at least in my experience, mm. the magic is in that plan D or plan D, E yeah. or F even. So, like, would, G. You, would you say that uh, part of being creative in this industry is, like, improvising? and? Yeah, you have to be nimble. Yeah. I think yeah. so. And the thing is, like, dude... It's not like when I started out, people were looking at me thinking, man, this guy's going to oh, fucking make it. You know what I mean? Like people were like, oh, you're not going to college. What are you doing? You know, like, but I've stayed persistent. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is I'm willing to sort of change and adapt and stuff like yeah. that. And but I feel if you are adaptable, you will survive in this industry and in life. Yeah. So it works the same way, like all across the board. It's all about adapting and, but also just speaking your truth at be, the same time. Yeah, you know there's I mean? also there's also one other thing. Be adaptable. Try not to be too much of a fucking prick. You know what I mean? Like like treat people good. Yeah. Be nice to people. Yeah. I, I one of another little lesson we'll, we'll bury in here is food. I know it's very basic, but if mm -hmm. you treat your crew nice in terms of food, they they and and they're, they they yeah. they believe in everybody and they're getting along with everybody. They will. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, especially well, starting out on the, like the indie level where like your crew isn't getting paid very much or at all or whatever. Like you're working on a student project. Food is so important. I remember at um, community college, my professor was like, one of the first things he taught us was that the most important thing on set is your crafty yeah, and your food and like your lunch and everything. And everyone kind of just like laughed and like, because nobody's talking about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but like later on you realize like that's actually very true. Yeah. It's you like know? it's like nobody wants to come to a set where in particular like they're not getting paid and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. And for lunch it's like fried chicken because the person doesn't know what the fuck they're doing yeah. and stuff. Or, and then the, the crafty table is, you know. No, the thing that is uh, absolutely forbidden is pizza. Yeah, because and that just. I've oh. had that on set and it's like, oh, God, it's <laughs> terrible. Like. Probably the cheapest thing you can buy yeah. first of all. And then it's just like not usually healthy unless no. you get it like, I don't know, maybe yeah. vegan pizza or something. Yeah, no, no. I mean, just but a little just a little tip. Yeah. Pizza is like the last meal if you have to get a second meal. Right, much. right, right. You know, like at the end of the night. Like mm -hmm. I've we've had that. But you like know? you have to sort of treat your food as like energy sources, you know. Yeah, yeah. And your team is working for you and for, you know, you're working for them and you're working together. So like the the things that they're intaking has to kind of contribute to their energy and their overall well-being and yeah. their health. And it's like, it's long-term, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, like you're working on like a long shoot. Like, a f yeah. they need to be healthy. In, in fact, I learned from yourself and Chris when we first, when we were casting, just the best ones, I would say, especially if you're in LA, mm -hmm. Thai, Mediterranean, it's low carbs, mm -hmm. it's high protein, it's veggies and stuff yeah. like that. It gives you the good energy. Yeah. That is like fried chicken. Or yeah. Lucas once told me on one set they all got. I don't know, though. Fried chicken? Nah. That's it, a it little depends, heavy. Yeah. yeah, no, I guess it's you can. It's bomb, but it, it is good. It is good. Yeah. But, but the thing is, yeah, I mean, you want something that's good, but then also light yeah. and stuff. Lucas but I prefer set, like Mediterranean. Like yeah, yeah. Because again, like yeah. it's, it's low carbs, <laughs> high protein. Lucas once said that. On a set, they all got Yoshinoya and everybody was pissed off and they didn't even have it. <laughs> and then nice Lucas yeah, yeah, went yeah. and gave the ones that nobody wanted because nobody wanted any of it Aww. to homeless people. He was like, here, man. Aww, you know, like, wow. so that's cool. No, seriously, like I've, I've, I've also like made mistakes in the past where I've, I've made two mistakes and this is me. You know, I, I was vegan for like four years and mm. now I'm like, 
I guess pescatarian, whatever. Yeah. Um, but I used to be pretty like strict vegan or whatever. And even then, like when I was first starting out as like a producer, I was sort of in charge of getting like vegan food, but mm-hmm. you know, it was with, like a small budget and I just didn't really know. I was still learning like what kind of foods to get and stuff even for myself. But um, I kind of got like lame food, I guess. Right. And like one of the girl, one of the, uh, the women on set, she was a vegan and she kind of like protested like, oh, I'm not going to eat this. Like uh, it was just kind of like, prove a point. And I, was yeah. like, I felt so bad. So it's like, oh my gosh, I will never, ever, ever do that again. Yeah, yeah. But I've also had the opposite happen to me where I feed everybody like this pretty plant-based food and, and then it's like, where's the meat? And it's, you know. <laughs> I remember the guy that he was like, where's the meat? <laughs> <laughs> it happened exactly yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but it's like, I understand there's two sides yeah. and you have to, it's very, very hard. I've been on sets where I wasn't in charge of the food, but I was just there and uh, everyone was just pissed off about yeah. it because, you know, there's people specifically in LA, like where people just like have all these like dietary restrictions or allergies or, you know, whatever it is or preferences. And you're trying to like appease all kinds of people and no one will ever be truly satisfied. Yeah. So. Yeah. And yeah. Just do your best. Just you, do your best. And just make sure that you ask people, like, if they have those preferences and stuff. And just, just do your best. Yeah. Like, it be, is important. Yeah. Be sensitive <laughs> to the needs of your crew. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, you know, sure. without, without. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's, that is the role of being the captain of your ship. Like, yeah. whether it be a director or producer, it is our jobs to make sure that our crew is good. Yeah. Because for real, at any minute they could mutiny against you and be like, fuck this. Why do I have to put up with this? Yeah. Unless it's like a, cause I've, we're talking, yeah. Stories. Because we're not talking to people that are on these like, and we've been on big sets before it's on my commercials and stuff yeah. like that were big sets. But I'm talking to like, you know, you little runt kid that wants to fucking just make a movie and you're- Why are they runt? I, I don't know. <laughs> you know, they're younger than me, <laughs> you know. But but yeah, you know, like, like this. these are all just basic, basic, basics. What else, what yeah, else? Yeah, no, honestly. No, but, uh, like, let's talk about the writing process a little bit. Oh, yeah. Since, like, I feel, I know that you're writing something. Yeah. Nas has been in office just cooking up some script that he just refuses to tell us <laughs> about. Yeah. Which I, I respect, though, yeah. because I think that when you're writing something and you're not ready to present it, like, don't share anything with anybody. It lets the gas out. It does. Yeah. I mean, it keeps, like, you're still crystallizing your ideas, you know, and so, and you're still developing. It's still, it's growing. It's almost like. I don't know. It's like yeah. almost like having a little yeah. baby inside you, but it's like you're developing this idea, so it's sacred, you know. And uh, it's not until you're, I would say, like ninety percent done with your script, maybe you send it out to some trusted colleagues or whatever, yeah, yeah. and get some feedback if that's what you do. And yeah. if not, then just finish all the way and just do it. Yeah. But um, yeah. So Nas has been writing something. I don't have no idea what it is. Yeah. And uh, I've been trying. I just, I just haven't. It's an excuse, but I just haven't had the time. There's so much going on with Debbie and everything else, but. I, I, there's always time for writing, so yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I need some inspiration, Oz. Yeah. <laughs> so like, okay, tell me about your writing process a little bit. Like, when okay, you're writing new scripts. Like, where do these ideas come from, and like, how do you go about like putting them on? Paper? Yeah, I mean, it's it's weird because I have a process that I call spacing, mm-hmm. and I don't have to necessarily do it. It used to be very entwined with weed. Like, I would just yeah. listen to music and smoke, okay. and just sort of like you know, just sort of free associate or whatever. What I don't even know if that's yeah, the right yeah. word. And just sort of like, if a, if an idea came into my head, I would just sort of jot it yeah. down. Okay. When I have something specific that I'm working on, um, I could take maybe years before I sit down in front of final draft mm-hmm. to, to pound it out. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
for for the longest time, I'm in this sort of process of spacing. And the thing is, it, it it's all day. Like mm-hmm. it's like I can go, I'll go to McDonald's or something, mm-hmm. you know, and and something will happen. It'll make me think of that, and I'll yeah. sort of jot it down, or I'll yeah. write it in my notes in okay. my phone or yeah, something yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. It's just about like once you okay like for instance mm-hmm. just just basic example let's say I'm gonna choose something that mm-hmm. that you're not into so nobody will steal it let's say you wanted to do something about werewolves okay, okay? Um, and you're like okay I know I'm gonna write this werewolf script mm-hmm. you don't have to sit down <laughs> in front of the computer and be like okay werewolf script I will write you now yeah boom boom boom, boom. no definitely that, not yeah, yeah you know like but. I I, th- I think a lot of it comes from reading different things that sort of are adjacent yeah. to that world or and, and, and especially yeah. for me I love watching things yeah. within that genre. Well, not I yeah. think I think that's what they call research and development. Yeah, right? yeah, exactly. And I think that people forget about the step. Yeah. When making yeah. a movie or a TV show or whatever it is that you're making, you can't just like you said you can't just sit in front of the computer and just like hope that some by some miraculous reason, yeah. you know, you're just going to like spill words onto paper and it's going to be this masterpiece. Yeah, yeah, I feel yeah. like that's every writer's like dream, Yeah, yeah. but it's never ever yeah. that way. So like, I, yeah, I think that that's really important to like do your research and just like really dive into the subject matter. Yeah. Like, I guess with you, you're talking about genre films. Some people tackle like new scripts in maybe a different way. I think you've also talked about like tackling ideas. Like, yeah. If some visual like element comes to your mind, mm-hmm. like, tackle that idea like yeah. I, I i was kind of like looking up some like writer directors earlier and uh it was i think it was david lynch that talks about you know like forming your ideas around um or forming your movies around ideas mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he talks about kind of similar to the way that you talk about spacing he talks yeah. about it but like in, in a vocal sense he will like narrate to some assistant or he used to at least and he would just kind of speak out loud. He kind of just lets it flow. Mm-hmm, and he mm-hmm. talks about these ideas, um, like letting them flow. And he, and then when a good idea comes, uh, he talks about how he captures that idea and he saves it. And then he's like, yeah, let's, let's go with this. Yeah, yeah. But it's interesting that it's like, it flows. And yeah. it, you know, everyone has their own writing process, but I really kind of like, that one kind of resonated with me a little bit. Because I think that's, that's interesting because it's something I don't really do. Yeah. I, I'm very much in my head about things. Yeah. And it's like, if I have an idea... I'll kind of write it out, maybe in my notes or something, and then it's like, okay, I'll come back to it. I'll keep thinking about it. So it's like crystallizing in my head, mm-hmm. but I think it's also important to speak it out into existence. Yeah. Or I mean, I guess it's the same thing as writing it on paper, but you have to let it out in order for it to become something else. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because I forgot who it was that said this, but they talk about how like um, you, you, uh, your mind actually knows more then you realize that it does. Mm-hmm. It's not until you actually start to speak about it or write it out that you find. I think it's Aronofsky also, but yeah. but do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah no, no, definitely. I think because that one makes a lot of sense. It's, it's, it's like trusting your intuition. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a part of me that just wants to tell you what I'm writing, so I can freely talk about the little things in mm-hmm. it and stuff like that. Um, but. But it's dangerous when it's you're talking da- to another filmmaker. Too. Yeah, and then it's also dangerous <laughs> when it's a teammate. Yeah. Because I want it to be, when I deliver the script, it's like, okay, how are we going to do this? I, I have some ideas of blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't want it to be like... An idea. An idea. Because it's an idea is so cheap. Yeah. Ideas are cheap. Especially yeah. here, they're very everybody cheap. Everybody has an idea. Yeah, everybody you has know, an idea. You know how many times that someone's approached me about, just because I mentioned that like I work in this industry, like, I have an idea Yeah, for and you want to kill yourself. You should do it. Yeah. It's like, oh, like 
everybody has an idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. come to me with uh, a script yeah. or a mood board or, or a trailer or some idea right, of, like, right. where you're going. Like, I want to see, you know, if people ever approach us with movies, which please don't, you know, like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but if you do, <laughs> you need to come with a plan, you know. Yeah, yeah. Like, you wouldn't go to Netflix and say, I've got an idea. Yeah. You have to come with a plan. You have to kind of come in as if you're already doing the thing. And don't come to us. Come to one of our interns or something. We'll give you. (laughs) No, (laughs) no, but it's it's just dangerous talking to other filmmakers about your ideas because subconsciously you can steal that steal that. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. That's like the worst thing. I would never want to do that. Yeah, no. Never want to steal from you. Same. You know. Even though, like, I know our movies would never be the same. Yeah. Yeah. Just because it's different people. Yeah. But it's just dangerous. Like, I mean, I prefer when people just keep the stuff to themselves unless they're ready to make it a movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, you, know? well, you you bring up something interesting about, like, stealing. Just, just yeah. this sort of shows the dynamic between producer April and I. Yeah. And we're going long because yeah. this, is, this is class. So make sure it's recording. Yeah, we're, we're, we're good. Um, before I sort of decided that this was the thing that I was gonna do right and mm-hmm. i wanted to direct for my second film and mind you i had written a few scripts before this and realizing that okay i'm yeah i don't want to tell these stories like yeah. i don't want to spend this much time telling these stories i think this i was writing something about witches mm. and no. yeah no no exactly and then and then we, we as a joke <laughs> you were like oh no don't do that and then rosio, i realized rosio and i were both like <laughs> we looked at each other and like <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you guys and then so then I did think like okay well I'm not gonna I'm not yeah, gonna do that yeah. but then there was an element in that script mm-hmm. that I had noticed whenever I got a chance yeah I would try to squeeze this element into any script okay and then I realized well why don't you just do this you <laughs> okay, know what I mean and yeah. that's what sort of led to what yeah. I'm, I'm developing yeah. I'm writing right now yeah and um but yeah no it's that Sort of just let your brain be a tuning fork mm-hmm. when you discover the the idea that you want to do, and just yeah. have like a notebook or have yeah. your your Apple Notes or yeah. Android Notes or whatever you know. Like, yeah, no, like, I agree. I think people get wrapped up on um, like genres or, yeah, or yeah. things like concrete things. Like I am that way where I think like, oh, I want to write a movie about this or a genre yeah. movie or whatever it is, you know, centered around this character. Blah blah blah. But then you realize that sometimes you're just writing a story and that story can develop in any which way it wants to go. Yeah, yeah. And it's like, it's not really so important like what what the story is about or like what genre it lies in. I think sometimes people get wrapped up in genre. Do you, you know, know what, what I mean? Yeah. I, I know that's something I struggle with. Yeah, no, no, I mean, you know, and I think, I think everybody, like mm-hmm. when they're doing it, you know, like, but I think the best place to start, and this is where I start, is with the character. Because mm-hmm. then it's sort of informed. There, there are three things that I was once talking to our editor, Charlie, about this. There are three things that when they all work, they all support each other. Mm-hmm. Story, character, and style. Mm-hmm. When those three things are clicking on all cylinders and, and it, they're mm-hmm. working, each thing supports the other thing. So if you're starting at like, okay, I'm going to do a John Carpenter-esque genre film. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, well, you might do something that's clever stylistically, and that's cool. I love John Carpenter as much as yeah, the next yeah, guy. Yeah. But if you don't have a character mm-hmm. in that thing, it's just a pretty contrivance. It's just a yeah. pretty uh, uh, play thing. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, pretty thing to look at, mm-hmm. you know. And so I, I think it helps me starting with a character. I think it's one of the, if not the most, it's one of the most important things. Yeah. Because it's what, it's what audiences, audiences cling on to. Yeah. Is the character. It's, yeah. who, it's who you relate with 
during the whole story. The yeah, yeah. Viewing experience. Yeah. And I've seen a lot of films that are just like story based and they're cool. They're good. But the ones that are truly character based are usually the most enjoyable, at least yeah, to me. Yeah. And obviously if you can have all of the elements like at the same level, you know, have your story in place, your characters in place, everything, your cinematography. Once every department has reached that level, then that's even better. You know, like we're talking about like James Cameron films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but like start, like you said, like I think that you should start with a character. Yeah. Because that can keep someone watching for the entire film. Exactly. If you have a solid character yeah. with a good arc and just like that struggles. Yeah. Someone that goes through a change and that really, really struggles. You yeah. Know? And it also it's like, there's this sort of conversation to be had about does your character have to be a good guy or does it mm-hmm. forget about all that just make your character interesting it, yeah. they, you don't have to like approve of what they do yeah. i mean if we did that <laughs> we wouldn't have a movie yeah, you know with yeah. Debbie. and that's boring <clears throat> yeah exactly <laughs> like have have somebody i mean yeah. i and no, the, the, here, but here's the other mm-hmm. thing <clears throat> here's the other thing oh god my headphones almost cut okay <laughs> here's the other thing when you think of character it helps if you are willing to explore the humanity of that character, regardless of who or what they are or what mm-hmm. they do, that's yeah. just more interesting. And and yeah. the thing is, I'm not saying don't make like monster <laughs> cutouts for your bad guys or yeah, something, yeah. but but a little empathy. I'm not saying you have to approve of even what no, they absolutely. do. I've seen a lot of movies where you know the there's a the, the the character of the film is not necessarily a good guy or good good girl whatever yeah you know it's anti-heroes or yeah. straight up villains exactly and if it's well written i think that you'll empathize with the character yeah and you want to root and you're rooting for them you yeah know yeah I mean? exactly and so. then even with your villains i mean i've i've heard this said hitler horrible guy real a real bozo of history if you ask me <laughs> i have um, heard <laughs> yeah, yeah really really not great guy love dogs <laughs> you know what i mean that's a human thing <laughs> and it, i'm not saying that makes him a good guy that's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is it makes the audience think a little bit. Like, huh, that's mm-hmm. weird. Like, I like dogs. What right, the fuck? Right. If, you, if you're creating a character that is like Hitler in terms of like evilness. Yeah. Right? And, but then they, they like they like dogs. Right, it's right. It's like all of a sudden, yeah. It's like, it's like yeah, yeah. Say, say we make two <laughs> movies, right? Yeah. I make one movie. You make another movie. Mm. In my movie, Hitler is rah, rah, I'm Hitler. I'm evil, blah, 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 blah. Okay, and, and that's cool. You make your movie, rah, rah, I'm Hitler. Oh, look at the little doggy. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So, uh, your movie is going to stay with me because yeah. I saw something in, in Hitler. Yeah, yeah. And I'm not saying, not that I approve of and the yeah, horrible no, things that he did. Probably the worst example we can use. but <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I don't know what, you know. But it's, like, like, the, it's like the, the basic example. The most evil you know. person we can think of off the top of our head. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Bannon. We'll use Bannon. No, no, I'm just kidding. But, yeah. um, okay. You want to have some fun? Yes. Okay. I'm gonna we I, I pulled some clips okay. of uh, advice from the high priest of cinema, Mr. Martin Scorsese. Nice. Okay, um, cool. There's a I I because I he's he, there and then the other thing is, look, if we make Debbie and the Devil and you watched it and you're listening to this, this that's really awesome. That's a dream come true. But there's find those filmmakers that you just love listening to talk about films. Like for me, off the top of my head. Guillermo del Toro, yes. Tarantino we mentioned, mm-hmm. Martin Scorsese, who I'm about to play. David Lynch. David Lynch, Werner yeah. Herzog. Like, like you know, th- there are people that you could just listen to talk mm-hmm. about cinema and just them imparting wisdom is like the greatest thing. And as I uh, rummage through the library, if you want to mention a few people you like to listen yeah. to, April. I, I mean, honestly, like Guillermo, Tim Burton. Well, Tim Burton actually... 
Yeah, he, he's cool to listen to. Um, I, I love him. But he's <laughs> not the most expressive dude. <laughs> That's the only thing I was going to say, but I love him. I never, yeah. no disrespect. <laughs> no, 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 no. We don't disrespect. Yeah, him. no, uh, Aronofsky, uh, Claire Denis. I love listening to Claire Denis. Oh, yeah? Not Red turned me on to Claire Denis, but she, you know, she's French. Yeah. But she's so, she's so smart, intelligent, you know, and very expressive, very, very intuitive. And yeah. I, just, I love hearing her talk about her movies. Yeah. Because they're so real, you know. Yeah. I love her. Kid, if you can't afford film school, fuck that. This is your film school, okay? I mean, you don't need film school. Yeah. Straight up. Like, I mean, Nas didn't go to film school, and I mean, his film vocabulary is larger than mine. However, well, I'm old. I have 10 years on you. That's why. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I spent 10 years on this stupid planet before you. That's the only reason. I will say this, though. The flip side to what Mm -hmm. April said, as someone that hasn't gone to film school, Mm -hmm. you kind of need a few people Mm -hmm. that kind of know the terrain. And then also... The the good thi- film school is good for connections. Yeah, it's good for making I mean, connections. Seriously, and the thing is, I can't. Oh, go ahead. Oh no, I just wanted to add on to that real quick, please. And it's not about which film school. Like, if you go to NYU, and there's a lot of good filmmakers that come out of there. Yeah, but there's also a lot of not so good, or just you know, generic, I guess. Yeah, filmmakers that come out because it doesn't matter which school you go to. It matters about like who you're surrounded with, like the people that you're meeting there. Yeah, I mean, I went to community college. In Rancho Cucamonga. And Cucamongo. I met I met Chris there. I met Mario. I met Rocio. I met Charlie there. Yeah. Those are all like our comrades yeah, and yeah, stuff. Yeah. People that we still work with. I still work with it. Yeah. After yeah. maybe five years yeah. or so. I don't remember that one. Yeah. You six, located six the comrades. I think that was about six years six ago. Six years ago? Six to seven years Holy ago. Smokes. Yeah. So, I mean, if you find those people, you're set. You know, and that was just luck. It was luck of the draw. I mean, because, I mean, it depends like what year you go to film school, yeah. you know what classes you take it's all yeah. kind of coincidence and i mean and thank luck. god for that because when i think of and not to get on some big yeah. corny thing but i was <laughs> saying to my mother the other day i was like i'm the luckiest filmmaker alive like i because of my filmmaking family i because, feel the way, same way too yeah <laughs> well yeah. all men <laughs> yeah, no, you know it's great. okay so listen we're gonna play three little um uh, advice uh quotes clips from the great Martin Scorsese. Please take them and let them into your heart. And if you want to listen to more Martin Scorsese, just search YouTube. It's a great library of awesome uh, director uh, interviews. And we have one uh, wild card clip, and then we're going to call it a day on this uh, yeah. uh, Wild 7 uh, Film School. Welcome to Wild 7 Film School. Okay, this is the first cl- uh, quote. Recreate movies. Don't Hold pay- on. Let me, let me play that again. I got to press down on the button because <laughs> it was too low. Okay, technical difficulties, yeah. stand by. No, not even. I'm, ju- I'm just adjusting <laughs> the volume. Okay. okay, here. Recreate movies. Don't pay attention to industry. Do your own thing. Yeah. I love that. Be- that, I feel like you're you're very inspired by that. Yeah. We are. We yeah. are. It's our thing. I mean, that through you and just through each other. For sure. Do your own thing. Yeah. That is so valid. Like, like really don't, like maybe keep f- a fraction of an eye on the business just because it's kind of funny in a yeah. dumb way. <laughs> but but really don't give a fuck about yeah. the industry. The industry Do, is stupid. No, I wouldn't say that either. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> what were you going to no, say? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, no, there's a balance. There's yeah. a balance for sure. Like you, you kind of need to coexist. And eventually, you know, we are going to work with people in this industry on like a larger scale. Yeah. But at the same time, I love indie filmmaking and I love just doing our own thing, having our home here in downtown LA. And I feel like, you know, my whole life I've been not to get all sappy or whatever, but like yeah. constantly just rejected and shit like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, you know, I've applied to tons of jobs online and, you know, I, I PA'd and interned so much in my life. And it's like, you kind of just have to figure out how to make a movie and make that happen and just yeah. do that and keep doing it and keep doing it a little bit bigger 
more money. Yeah. You know, just keep on yeah. inching at the thing that you want to do. And eventually you're going to get to the place that you want. Yeah, to exactly. And it's like when you, it's like, it's almost like in high school and you go into the lunchroom and stuff and there was all these tables and you notice all these tables, build your own table. And, and <laughs> if no don't one give let a, you sit there yeah, and if they just, say, just, can't sit here, sit, yeah. keep taking. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mean girls. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Okay. Next quote. Without meaning to be presumptuous. Wait a what's This isn't Martin Scorsese. This is some dude asking him a question. But okay. let me just hear okay. him. I'll put up with him. I don't know why I edited it. <laughs> didn't edit it I'm sorry. He's probably another filmmaker. I'm sorry, guy. Sacrifices do you think you've made in order to create the work, to make the films, to make the career that you've done? What do you think in your life you've sacrificed? Uh, I think, you know, as an old friend, old priest told me, he said, you pay a price. You know, and you pay a price. Is that... You, just quite honestly, you know, a personal life, really, and uh, relationships uh, go by the board. I mean, uh, it was as if um, the Frank Capra quote, it's like like a drug or something that you have to continue. And now, as I say, some people call that drive, some call it obsession, some call it just being selfish and being not a very nice person. But the reality is that um, I just had to continue that process. So wow. what have we learned from that, April? I don't like that one. I like it because it's me. It's true, though. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I don't like it because it's true. You know. Well, yeah. I mean, look, class <laughs> class is not all sugar dandies and fairies. Yeah. Class is sometimes the hard realities that we got to give these uh, young listeners. Absolutely. No one ever teaches you that in film school. Yeah. Kid, either date within your, like, thing, you know, some your of us industry, here do yeah. it within your industry. Yeah, yeah. Or just be like me. Pretend you're a monk and just, just you know, yeah. nothing, <laughs> nothing. Because the thing is, don't don't be mean to like a woman or a guy by leading them on or something. You know what I mean? Like yeah. like if you don't yeah. have time for them, don't don't. For sure, like yeah. if you're gonna get into a relationship, we kind of touched on this in the, on our last episode yeah. with Bobby Moss. But yeah, if you're gonna get into a relationship in this industry, it it always helps if they're also in this industry. That's just from my experience. But also, just like you just have to be on the same understanding of how things work. It's like late, late nights, like long, long hours. Yeah, yeah. It's a dedication on like, like anything else, yeah. especially if you're starting your own company yeah. as we are, like it's complete dedication, a hundred percent. But I'm okay with that because I'm a workaholic I and I know you are as well. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. We live and breathe cinema. So like what I always sort of tell people if I'm ever giving advice is like, if you don't like passionately love cinema, and making movies, then it is not the thing for you. Yeah. And I think it's important to like tell people because some people are like, should I get into filmmaking? Should I not? If you have to ask yourself that question, no, you yeah. should not. And I think, I think that people need to hear like the truth. Exactly. Like forget about the glamour that you think you're going to get really like just examine, like, do I love this? Like, yeah. am I willing to suffer yeah. for it? And um, also, I mean, just a little interesting fact. I don't know if this was from, about cinematographers or something. I heard something that cinematographers actually have a high divorce rate because of the fact that, oh wow, y you know, they go on location away from their families. Mm. They form these new families with the films yeah. and then they find it hard to go back to their regular families yeah. and it causes I mean, all of honestly, this stuff. A lot of people that we know in this industry date people like, you know, director, actors. Director. What do you do when you, when oh, you change what the how? Fuck? Oh my God, that scared the shit out of me. It started, oh, do you know what's funny? Oh do you know why that happened? What? When I was editing the clip, that whole clip was just playing as we were talking. And then oh. there was like an audio of that. It's like the next clip. It, it's a whole, oh my God. if you can get that technical thing, you know, but, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, but uh, no, I was just, I was just going to point out like a lot of the people that we know date, you know, like 
director production designers or director writers, actor directors. I see it pretty often just because it's the way I see filmmaking is sort of like a traveling circus. Yeah. So it's like you are literally constantly traveling and working like crazy hours. Nothing is ever uh, consistent. Ever, yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. So and then the other thing is to go on that ride with you. Yeah, and then the other thing is it's like. I mean, I'm not even getting to get into, no, it. Get into it, it. No, no, no. I mean, the thing is, like, <laughs> when you're not working, working, like, on yeah. set, which mm-hmm. is very intensive with people and stuff like that, I know me. I just want to be in my head. I, I literally just want to write. Yeah. And if I'm not writing, I just want to read and watch movies, and that's yeah, yeah, it, yeah. and not do anything, maybe mm-hmm. exercise, and that's it, you know? Yeah. Like, that's it, you know? It almost seems like there's no time for anything else. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, and again, like I was telling you this earlier, I you know, I, I have a decade on April, but mm-hmm. like once you get to like 37, you start to get this very <laughs> uncomfortable thought where you're like, well, fuck, how many more days do I have in this thing? Stop, you know? It's horrible, but it's true. <laughs> but okay. Okay. Next quote. This is the last one of Martin Scorsese and then the wild card one. What do you do when you, when you change how the world thinks of cinema? What's next? I mean, uh, um, do you keep making the same kind of film? Or if you're a person like Rossellini, uh, uh, if you are, uh, uh, you try something experimental. You push further. It's not just experimental for experimental experiment's sake, but you push the boundaries further. Your thoughts? I love that, actually. I think that a lot of people are caught up in trying to make movies like their favorite filmmakers of the past. Mm-hmm. And that kind of that could be dangerous because you're you're just making re, you're remaking old films. Yeah, I really admire modern day filmmakers that are constantly pushing the ed or the uh, the envelope or mm-hmm. whatever, like experimenting. And I mean, I love David Lynch for this reason because there really is no other like popular filmmaker that is like the father or mother of surrealism like he is. You know, yeah. and you know, it's pushing boundaries, it's doing new things, and I I could see that with Debbie as well. Like it's that's kind of what attracted me to Debbie yeah. was that it's, it's unique. I love that. It's taking a chance, but I mean, if you want to be a great filmmaker, you have to take chances and you got to make new things that haven't been made before. Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is we're great filmmakers. I can't help it. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, um, we got one wild card one. I'm debating. I was debating on if I should even play this Why? because it's a director flipping out on set. Oh my, Oh my goodness. Do you want to play it or no? Sure. Okay. All right. Well, I'll give you a little preamble. <laughs> Oh, let's have some fun. Okay, wait, hold on, hold on. I'm really going to have fun with this, but let me just take a rip. I've been so good throughout this whole classroom class. I know, yeah. You know, um, I've got all this homegrown weed that, um, yeah, Professor has weed. I like (laughs) being a Professor April. It's fun. (laughs) Yeah. We should should have like our own uh, brick and mortar school. Oh, that'd be tight. You know. Like you have to smoke weed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm kidding. But then I'm afraid we might get into weird territory like Trump (laughs) or L. Ron Hubbard or something. You know what I mean? Like it might get, yeah. No, I wouldn't smoke during class. Maybe after. (laughs) <laughs> all right so this is on the set of i heart huckabees and it's david o russell completely losing his shit on lily tomlin so the first part you hear lily tomlin just kind of being like okay what the fuck you keep changing shit you idiot mm. or something and then and then and then he's like and he goes ah! he goes crazy okay so wow. th- so the first part you hear her sort of giving her grievances which i kind of you know like it sounds like Homeboy was changing a lot of things on the set and she was getting annoyed with that. Mm-hmm. And then he just goes nuts. Have you ever heard this? Oh, yeah. You've heard it? Okay, cool. Let's play I've it for fun. i seen the video. Oh, yeah? It's the greatest thing. Photos of yourself. See, it's harder, to, it's harder actually to pick it up from the damn desk. Okay. You were looking, you were planning. Uh, like fu- Vegas <laughs> you can put the fucking thing down. You can put the folder hey. down. Hey, David. 
that's some harsh language you're using at a lady using the f word like that i'm just i'm i'm if anything you're part of the class so be good <laughs> yes for a second to, to use both hands yeah and take your legs off the desk and a whole bunch of other stuff okay for christ's sake let's just take it one fucking line at a time okay right here do you know what i would say to lily i would be like lily okay you know just just chill you know like it's it's i understand you're using very harsh language and i'm just trying yeah. to work with you lily i'm just you know let's 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 be cool about but this. you're a rational human being i'm a ra i'm a rational guy i never yelled on set <laughs> instead of changing everything as we it's very difficult to even create what you're going to do when it's constant a barrage of changes changes do this do this no wait wait do it a different way do it a different way don't get me started okay so do you know what i would say when she says that i'd be like are you finished, Miss Tomlin? Can we please I mean, work work now? Low key, though, I'd be pissed too. If she, if he was changing, but everything? I would never act the way that. Well, we'll, we'll, oh, okay, we'll find okay. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Just who knows? There might be. A, I mean, dude, there are videos of me freaking out, but just not like in an angry, mean way. Like I just cuss out because I yeah. forgot my lines. I'm just saying. Let's just you know, it's impossible. One actor's doing one thing, another actor's doing another, and. Well, David, he she has some points there. I'm I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I'm, not as, I'm not as brilliant as you. I can't uh, keep up with you. Uh, Lily, he's not. <laughs> Sorry. No, no, I'm just... Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on. David O. Russell is brilliant. I really like Three Kings. I'm just goofing. He is a brilliant guy. No, he's not brilliant. What is brilliant? Everybody's brilliant. You know, I'm just, I'm yeah. just having fun. We're just having fun. Come on, you can take it, bitch. Yeah. All right. Being so, very efficient. Very patient with you. So you Let's rehearse. You're being impatient. <laughs> Let's rehearse. I couldn't yeah. understand you. No, it's not the first time. Uh-oh, here it comes. Here we go. Fuck you! I'm <laughs> trying to fucking help you. Do you understand me? No, no, you're not. I'm being a fucking collaborator. I'm trying to help you figure out you're, you're the fucking picture. Oh, at this part, wow. did you, do you remember the video? He takes, he sweeps yeah. everything off of the desk, ruining the PD. Oh. That's another, uh, basically. no-no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And using the C word. I mean, come on, man. Hey, bitch. I'm not here to be fucking yelled at. I work <laughs> Okay, Damn. if I was an actor and he was yelling at me like that, I'd be like, I, I'd let him like scream and yell and, mm. and, and then I'd be like, okay, are you done? And he'd be like, yeah, yeah. And then I'd be like, first of all, you do not fucking talk to me like that. Wait, somebody just texted me. Let me just see what this text is. No. Yeah. Oh, okay. it was Alex. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, I'd be like, listen, I don't appreciate your tone. I think that's inappropriate to speak to talent like that. I woke up very early to make the call time to be a good actor for you. If you're going to act like a little boy, like a little privileged man that is not getting his way, I'm fucking out of here. And guess what? The whole crew is coming with me because they they're they not <laughs> pleased with you and the way you're well, acting. Like, who has the balls to say that to David O. Russell? Nas Red! <laughs> yeah! All right. Oh, my God. Come get me. the fucking crew. I'm trying to fucking help you, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> And if he said that to my mom, I'd kick him right in the balls. Yeah. Well. Well, she's handling it well. She actually is. She has composure. I just I had it. to point out there's a misconception about women's emotions in the workplace or on set. And I feel there's always been this idea that like women are very emotional and they're more likely to like lash out at people and, yeah. and get emotional, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, 
but it's like <laughs> in my whole life experience, I've never seen a woman act out that way. It's always a, it's always these male directors or whatever the fuck I, that are like yelling yeah. and causing a scene and just being like just yeah you know yeah. I mean, I um, I did yell a few times on on set, mm. but it was never like on this sort of level of toxicity. No, no. And I just want to say to David yeah. O. Russell. We're just having fun, buddy. <laughs> Don't be mad if you listen to this, which I doubt. But be in good cheer and don't mm -hmm. and if i'm ever on your set if you talk like that to me i'll just leave i'll just be like fuck this <laughs> get out of here you're acting, oh like, my a, gosh. You're acting like a woman no but, you shouldn't but, call women a bitch yeah that's, and you shouldn't say like, the c word and no stuff that's way. that's the, that's a big no-no and if that like, if that happens man, on a wild seven set that's you're out it just oh man it, it could just be so toxic when you're like arguing in front of your set it's like to me it's like arguing arguing in front of your children yeah. You don't need that. It's unnecessary. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Go handle it in private yeah. and then come back. Yeah, and let's, final lesson. Yeah. When something like that sort of goes down, that's how exactly what April said to do. Pull each other aside, squash it, try to, eat, and if it doesn't get squashed, come up with a way that you can work with one another on the day. Don't go throwing yeah. shit and stuff. <laughs> and, 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 yeah. and, and that's again, ex that's extreme. <laughs> yeah, it's very extreme. Not, I mean, and maybe it happens more than we yeah. think. And I just want to say this. If anybody asks, why did you pick on David O. Russell like that? I did it to humble him. Okay. So <laughs> that's it. That's our show. Welcome to the wild seven film school. We will return with more stuff, more content, more great shows, more wonderful things. Wild seven world, yeah. right? You and email us and messages on Instagram. Yes. If you want to, if you want us to talk about something more specific or for sure, we just want to hear what yes. you have to say. And if you want to listen to content that is not so um, movie centric and Mr. Red centric, <laughs> listen to simp and after dark, where you can hear the girls simp, which means talking and getting into their feelings they pick a song they simp on it and it's a great <laughs> show it's a wonderful show and uh yeah, and, more and to come more to come exactly yes but uh you can follow me on instagram at april mendoza with two a's at the end and keep up with all the projects i have coming out awesome and at wild seven you know follow wild seven studios on instagram and wild seven studios.com under construction at the moment follow debbie the devil.com uh to keep up with debbie the devil stuff Awesome. And you. you can follow me on Instagram at Mr. Nasred. I only like Instagram. I'm not a big fan of Twitter. I think Twitter yeah. is kind of dumb. I don't have but, Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, but, Twitter, yeah, but you can follow me on yeah. Twitter just because I'm there just to drop the podcast and stuff. And f go to my uh, special website, www.nasred.com for all of your Nasred needs. I really hope you got a lot out of this. I think you might have. We hope there's some knowledge in there somewhere. Yeah, I don't even know how long we went, but, but long, it right? was just to load you with our wisdom. I just needed to talk to you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just yeah. Get it yeah. all out there. No, this was great. And so, uh, yeah, you can follow us on all of those special things and stuff. We actually have to go in an hour and some minutes to go look at a billboard because we're putting up a Debbie and the Devil billboard Spoiler off alert. the tent. Yeah. yeah. But, well, you know. Announcement to come. Yeah. Now it's all marketing this stuff. Is all I mean, the thing is. Right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Enjoy it while it lasts, while nobody's looking over our stupid shoulders, <laughs> what we're doing and stuff. No, this you is know. great. Thanks for, thanks for having me again, Nasred. Hey, you're yeah. part of the gang. You yes. know, it's. You are the. You're the. Uh, we really got to come up with like an official sign off thing because we just sort of like. <laughs> okay, when is this song going to end? I know. See? And then and every then time think, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's that part. <laughs> Shoot a movie, not a person. Hell yeah, welcome class.